Greetings, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 52 with Dr. Savvy Labor, a good friend of mine. I've worked with uh, her on her own podcast uh, for a while now, um, and I was really excited to have her on as one of the first guests of uh, season three here. Uh, I can't think of anyone better who uh, appreciates the podcasting game and uh, is doing some really great work with her own uh, show, like I said, and um, her speaking and uh, other kind of advocacy work and her work as a director of a uh, LGBTQ campus resource center. Um, so we'll talk about her journey, uh, some reflections of hers, what's grabbing her attention, what she's geeking out about, uh, both like personally and professionally and all that good stuff. So I um, really appreciate all that Savvy shared. Uh, you can check out all of the stuff that she's working on and all the stuff that she mentions in the show notes as usual. Um, and just appreciate you listening uh, to help us kick off season three of the podcast. Um, so without further ado, this is episode number 52 with Savvy Labor. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out for this because uh, yeah, I was just sort of brainstorming some people I feel like it'd be kind of good to get to because I had like a huge list and it was more like, cause it, like you were on kind of like my general list and just like, who would I like to get to like first thing uh, this year? So um, yeah, I do appreciate you making some time for the show here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm super like excited about it. And thanks for inviting me. Yeah, if you want to just uh, just kick us off here um, and just kind of give a brief introduction of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. My name is Dr. Sabby Labor. I use she, her, and her pronouns. I also love they, them, and their pronouns. I have worked in higher ed since 2006. I was counting the years uh, just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. That's quite a while. Uh, and I've worked in different functional areas, and some of those have been college access, supporting first-generation students, residential life, housing, athletics, sexual violence prevention. I've also coordinated gender-based education services in a women's and LGBTQ center, and then currently I'm a director of an LGBTQ campus resource center located here in the Midwest. And I also run a business called Resilient Campus, and that is a business that I founded in 2016. Oddly enough, it's it also time has been skewed since I worked on my dissertation. So I'm constantly in awe of what seems like short term and what seems a lot longer right, in right. my own understanding of time. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. It seems like they're all sort of in like the same realm of um, very much manifesting the idea that I've had in, in certain contexts of like, you know, working within kind of the student affairs realm of higher education and certainly a lot of things that you were doing. Um, I know it's not like formally your background, but it's kind of like the, um, you know, the more like social work kind of like aspects or something like you're working on like really like important kind of like sensitive things uh, that can happen on a college campus and those like uh, areas where a lot of learning can happen and identity development, those sort of things like and I don't know if it's maybe it was like sort of simple things or it also could kind of rope in yeah like you you do speaking you do podcasting like it's all these different like sort of um you know different areas that you've explored and worked in and different things that you've done like i guess before we get to anything else like what are sort of like maybe like the decision points of like going from one place to another one job to another like doing all these different things because i think it um, or and i and i hope and i assume like it's given you a lot you know in terms of just your understanding of the complexities of this work and appreciation for different functional areas and all those different things. But I guess like what was sort of like that journey and that process of like, you know, all these different things that you have done and you are still currently doing. Um, 
I guess what was what was that journey like for you in terms of like deciding to speak and deciding to do a podcast and like you know going from one job to the next I know sometimes it's just like you're like oh well I was moving so I needed to get a new job or something like you know simple stuff like that but I guess anything that comes to mind in terms of just like that journey of um, going through all these different aspects of uh, student affairs work yeah I think that my journey has really highlighted the the simple fact that we can plan all we want but life is gonna just throw us in different directions and provide us different opportunities to make choices along the way. So I, I can't, what's interesting about your question is that I'm in an effort to like pinpoint moments in time where it, there was a clear decision to be made. Right. They're often within this indiscernible sort of span of life events. Um, the, you know, the seeming option to have agency and make a decision, um, changing career paths or, changing location because I used to live in LA and mm. now I live in Minneapolis. Um, and that was a big transi transition that didn't, that choice wasn't made overnight. And so I think that's one of the things in student affairs that I realize is that there's this socialization that happens about sort of what some of the ideal pathways are. Like you, you know, you find student affairs, you go into a master's program, you do your national or geographically limited job search and you jump from functional area to functional area or campus to campus within a functional area to then sort of do that um, leapfrog like a career journey to mm. get promoted or to have new tasks or responsibilities in your portfolio. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people that there is a pressure to conform to some aspirational way of moving along in this career trajectory that we call student affairs. And I, I, and I've talked with other people that feel this way, but I personally have really struggled with that blueprint in a sense. And that I feel like the work is complex, like you noted, and doing something like, you know, LGBTQ based work or sexual violence prevention work, it is really challenging within some of the siloed structures that we have in higher ed. Like we have a women's center, for example, and we have a person doing Title IX and sexual violence prevention work. Um, and great, if those people get along, if those people are colleagues, if those people find ways to work together, they will work together. If there's some structural way that collaborations are supported, that will happen. You know, so it's, mm -hmm. there's so many variables that lead you to maybe not collaborating with offices and not doing intersectional work or cross-issue work um, with other colleagues on a campus, for example. So I think I've definitely noted that even though we have these functional areas and we have a lot of silos within higher education, for example, that... I've tried to find ways to do the work that aligns most closely with my values and with the work that I want to be doing in that time period, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm really learning how to be present with the work I want to do now, the work I'm passionate about now, because for me, it's been about how to spend my life resource, right? Like my time, my energy, my interest, my capacity towards something, um, and that something has been serving other people, helping students 
to learn from the lessons that I grappled with and that I struggled through um, in college, for example. So I don't know. It's never been simple. It's never been clear. I think the one unifying pattern that I've noticed is that at each phase and each sort of decision-making point of time, there was always someone that believed in me, even if I didn't fully believe in myself. Mm. <laughs> there was always someone that said, yeah, you could do that. And I was like, well, I'm not sure <laughs> that's for me. Um, so that, that was always helpful to have another voice or another perspective, another, like a sounding board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a good piece of advice is like people find their own ways and have the ability to the power to, uh, help other people figure those things out. Like I, I remember sometimes, um, just the one time most salient was like, what kind of got me into this whole, uh, higher ed scene was, just even applying to be an RA in the first place, it was just somebody kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said like, Hey, you might be good for this kind of thing. And just those like little nudges, the motivation, the encouragement and stuff can uh, really help people and, you know, making uh, decisions. But yeah, I think it's a lot of good stuff from what you said. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, it is just kind of how it is nowadays. I think with young people building their careers, you know, they're going to be kind of, you know, transient from one job to the next and like geographically and those sort of things. And that can just kind of, happen upon you for any number of reasons or if you are trying to you know build your career it's almost what's required at this point it's an anomaly for somebody to like you know spend a whole lot of time at one place and if you can that's awesome and if it's a place that you you know enjoy being at even better um but uh yeah sometimes that being like um yeah happening upon you and not feeling like you had the full choice to make decisions and stuff like that so um yeah a lot of interesting interesting things to kind of uh, go over and i guess i don't know if uh any of this in terms of like, you know, the, these interests that you have and your values and kind of letting those help drive you. Like, you know, I always like to hear kind of uh, people's origin stories, like college being this like formative time or like when they were younger, kind of whatever that may be. Um, you know, like, what do you feel like your your college experience or graduate school experience or anything like what was kind of like the most formative time that was kind of your origin story? Maybe that, that kind of, you know, initially set you on this path or just kind of taught you a lot of good life lessons. Yeah, I, I think my experience in the California community colleges was really formative for me. Um, I went to high school in a really small town. My college counselor, um, when I asked her about going to UC Berkeley, um, because I had gotten a, um, or was it UCLA? I can't remember. It was like a, a brochure I got in the mail. It was right. this big, like, cardstock, super glossy. It looked like it was fancy. Mm-hmm. It was addressed to me, to my house, as a high schooler. And I thought, wow, I'm getting mail. These people want me to apply there. And I remember bringing it to my college counselor, and she said, yeah, no, you're not going to get in there. Um, that's not a college for you. Uh, and you should apply to the community college next door. And Um, In our town, we only had one college, and it was a community college next door to our high school. And so I just remember that, you know, I carry that with me each day. The idea that not only is it powerful that someone believes in you, and for that to synergize your own thoughts about your abilities or possibilities for your life, or contradict and be that sounding board to help you get over imposter syndrome or move through it in a way that um, we have these conversations with ourselves about what, you know, we, what we can do 
Um, I know I have them a lot with myself about, um, you know, who am I? Why, why do people invite me into certain conversations, you know, kind of struggling with um, my own feelings of uh, just being an imposter constantly. And I think that that early experience definitely made me recoil back into a protective shell of, you know, putting yourself out there feeling vulnerable, having excitement and some pure joy experiences as a high school student saying, this is what I imagine on my horizon. This, I can do this. I tell me more about it. Um, and just being completely shut down uh, was a really, really important experience for me today as someone that's now supporting college students and making sure that we don't do that again. Um, and that working in the high school environments, making sure that we don't send those messages to students, that there's an opportunity that is prohibited for them. Um, so that, that experience was really formative. I also, just being a first generation student in a California community college, it was, I worked a lot while I was a student and I really didn't access any of the, I didn't know, you know, how to access advising. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what all these programs were at the time. I didn't know I was a first generation student. I didn't have that language. So it gave me the opportunity and I failed a lot at it to ask questions and ask for help and be puzzled and put yourself out there and say, I, the words you just said either separately or in combination, they didn't make any sense to me. Can you explain it a different way? Um, it, that allowed me to just like, I think persistence was the key theme. There was, okay, wow, this day was, I feel like I failed today just getting back up tomorrow and deciding to go to class. Yeah, so that community college was a really important time for me. Mm. Uh, and then I transferred, I sort of advised myself using the California colleges. They have a more of like a master plan across the Cal States and the UCs and the community colleges. So I was able to, because I didn't know how to access ad academic advising. So I just advised myself using this piece of paper to be able to, how to uh, know how to transfer. And that was a really important time for me as well because I was in these cross-generational classes. I was with a lot of working adults um, in uh, at Cal State Los Angeles and I also struggled with asking questions and not knowing where to even start with some of my questions and not even knowing if the campus was set up or even cared about some of the challenges I was encountering and you know, just not knowing what I didn't know uh, was something I grappled with constantly. But again, you know, I had um, someone named Jorge Yuranga who believed in me. He gave me a, um, I volunteered for his organization. He did, a, he led a civic, what do you call, service learning uh, community engagement unit on mm. campus. And he offered me a job. He offered me a work-study job. And I was like, are you sure? Me? You want to hire me? <laughs> and so, and then he was able to help um, get me my first professional job in college access for a gear up program. So it was the series of people believing in me and just saying, just put yourself out there. It's going to be fine. So those are all things I carry with me today. And I, I don't take those lessons lightly. No. Yeah. I mean, they're important ones. I think, yeah, like you were saying before, like initially appreciating the role that like mentors and advocates and people, you know, encouraging you like that can have a really positive impact, but then, you know, often the inverse of that, you know, the, the impact that people can have in terms of just, you know, 
they might think that they're you know they're doing you a favor or something like oh no 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 don't even bother with that that's not for you it's like that you know really can set in a formula or, you know that's kind of script in your in your mind of you know who you are and what you're capable of and um yeah just kind of the power on both sides but you know knowing your experience having that not be you know having that be common for other people and most people assume like oh you know we don't have to you know rethink how we kind of like put ourselves off out there in terms of people accessing our office or something like that. It's like, no, some people like, you know, they don't know what they don't know. They don't even know how to, you know, reach out to us or find us or where we are and those sort of things. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to just sort of work from that place to kind of open up access to important resources that could be really helpful for people and those sort of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of good stuff. And I mean, it's good. Yeah. That those are like sort of resonant things for you in your story that, kind of help inform the work that you do now, which kind of segues to, you know, your current work, which again, like you, you do uh, a couple of different things with like the speaking, the podcast and, you know, uh, uh, the work in the office that you're uh, the, the director of. So I guess, what do you enjoy most about, you know, perhaps just the, um, you know, it's been like a few months for you, like, uh, you know, working as a director and an office kind of like, you know, more of that traditional, setting, but then of some of the other stuff that you've been working on for a long time, you know, what do you enjoy most about your current work? Well, one thing you should know about me is I tend to need to immerse myself in several different projects or focus areas in one point. So I'll read several books at one time, just kind of dabble in this one, then mm. switch to this one. Um, so this, the way I set up my life right now is sort of, you know, tailoring to that uh observation I've made of myself and I get bored. So I love that each of my days is really different. I get to, and then within each day I get to spend time with students and student leaders hearing how they're doing and structuring programming, um, with our teammates, uh, to be able to produce like resilience outcomes, leadership development, thriving outcomes. And then, you know, I'll go to another meeting where we're doing cross-campus policy work um, and then have another meeting where we're planning some um, overall campus climate engagement. You know, so it's mm. it's policy work, it's evaluation, it's assessment, and then it's working directly with students. So it has this big picture element where I'm seeing all the big, um, how the pieces fit together into this sort of mosaic of, campus climate, for example, or student engagement and persistence uh, to, you know, retaining employees. And like, what does that look like for colleagues to want to stay there um, to contribute uh, professionally? And I really enjoy that. I don't, if I had to arrive to an office each day, and if my routine was exactly the same or very similar, I, I think I would just burnout. I think that that mm. would be burnout for me. Um, the, you know, the pendulum kind of swings as well when it's too varied, when things are so chaotic or complex, when, um, you know, then it has to be balanced with having time off on the weekends, for example, or having um, self-care items to balance out um, those contributions. But for the most part, I think what I enjoy is that it's different each day and I get to work on different projects. I get to exercise different skill sets. I can create programs. I can consult on programs and processes, and then I can just work with individual humans. So that's, 
and just be with them and get to know them and get to support them and be in community with them. So it's, I like all those different things. And that's, that's my day-to-day work on the university campus. And then with resilient campus, I think it's, I get to work on passion projects. So I worked on my stay resilient planner um, and having time to format that thing was really important. (laughs) So that was, I also enjoyed that, but I would get so lost in time. Um, I would work on on the weekends and the evenings um, since I've been in this uh, professional role at the university. And it was just so important for me to lose that time and feel like I was in my flow because it made me realize like I really enjoyed doing it. And it was something that I was excited to get out there into the world to have impact. So, and then I get to work with a lot of different people on in different organizations and different campuses that are struggling with unique contexts to their campuses or to their organizations, but also pretty similar questions that people are grappling with and pretty similar capacities that they're looking to build. So I don't know, for me, it's, I see them all as these, you know, I'm collecting these pieces that seem to float in the air around me. And I see that they are interconnected. Um, And I think that's one of the vantage points of not only now being on a campus day to day, but I get to work with colleagues across, you know, many different institution types and geographic regions. It's just super rad. Like I really, I mean, I geek out on all of this stuff. It's like constantly consuming new information um, is what I enjoy a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's perfect. I mean, that's ex- exactly like, you know, the kind of people we like is, you know, just that, uh, that enthusiasm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's good that you, like you said, you know about yourself, like you like a varied structure and obviously not kind of the, yeah. Cause I think the polarity would, not work for anybody of like, you literally do the same things every single day. It's like, okay, well, that's, that might be ridiculous. But also, yes, if it's like every single day, nothing is consistent from day to day. It's like, no, it's like, like you're saying, even between the nine to five professional role and the other projects that you work on, there's, you know, similar structure or themes and those sort of things. So it's like, you know, just utilizing your skills and your knowledge and uh, just different ways. But um yeah, and it's just good that, yeah, you have these different uh, ways and hobbies and things, you know, you can kind of scratch different itches at different times and stuff. But because, um, yeah, and, and, and it, like you said, it's like, you know, you know yourself well and what works for you. And some other people do really want, you know, kind of a more like administrative, like consistent structure kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, you know, like knowing yourself and uh, certainly, you know, as a director, you know, like building a team of good people who have different skill sets and different things and, and all that. But um yeah, it's just really nice yeah, that you get to yeah have these uh, other projects that you geek, you know you geek out about, which I guess I, you know we can explore those a little bit more now. Like um, whether it is you know the kind of other projects that you kind of uh, more formally work with, or just other general like hobbies and stuff. Like what are you geeking out about currently? And I don't know if there's things that you've always been into or stuff that you like you know got into more recently. But um, yeah, you can take it kind of either way, like personal and or professional stuff that you kind of like geek out about. Yeah, I would say in recent years, I really geeked out in, I would say sort of like two major buckets. And one is, I read a lot of nonfiction books. And most of them are tailored to thinking about like habits and productivity and kind of like life hacks, I guess, is Mm -hmm. 
um, a phrase that people are using now, but just thinking about like resilience holistically, thriving holistically, and just trying to pull little nuggets of information from all these different types of authors and all these different types of like frameworks um, that we might not inherently think relate to resilience or relate to thriving or relate to our lives at all. But I sort of take what's relevant and what resonates and I sort of leave the pieces that don't feel relevant. Um, so I'm constantly immersed in like information collection. I just, I dabble in a lot of different, um, even platforms. Like I'll read, I, I read a lot of hard copy books, but I love online courses. Like, um, mm. I'm geeking out right now on Creative Live. It's a, it's an online platform that my spouse and I signed up for. We've been waiting till December because they have every year they kind of open up like an annual membership, and mm. we're sort of like saving our pennies and waiting to um, put in for this annual membership. And it's like all these courses on photography. Um, a lot for entrepreneurs and different types of softwares, how to use them to like design books or flyers or whatever you need for like your creative life, your business life. And it's just really well done. Like I was really loving this course I just took on how to turn your service into a product. And it's like in higher ed, I hear, I see and hear people doing excellent work. I mean, they are moving these new models, these new in innovative ways of doing things and serving students and um, engaging social justice work, for example. And it's really about how to turn that work, that knowledge, the way that people like facilitate a training, for example, or design a curriculum for their students or a leadership retreat, like taking that knowledge and turning it into something that can then scale out and have impact for other people on other campuses or, um, as one example. So it was this, um, yeah, it was a couple hours long, but it was in chunks and I, I just loved it. It was, I took a lot of notes. Um, I'll probably replay it again just cause I probably missed some things. Mm. Um, but yeah, I geek out on like online courses. I love, um, and I, I would say the second bucket of things like that's not nonfiction books related to like productivity and resilience is, I guess like Afrofuturist and speculative fiction books and stories. So like I read Bright City by DC Edwards, who is pretty awesome um, author and a friend of mine. Uh, and then I read this really cool series called Beanty um, by Nanetti Akorafor. And I don't know, I'm just kind of nerding out and geeking out on like how utopia and like, I guess like utopic and dystopic narratives or like frames of understanding our society have such intense meaning for like our social dynamics, our present, our past, our future. I'm just like kind of obsessed with it. Mm. And so, but it's so different because like growing up, I didn't, I wasn't really into, um, I was into reading, but I read a lot of fiction and it wasn't kind of like sci-fi or speculative fiction it wasn't anything like I'm reading now but I was kind of obsessed with like Star Wars and I thought it was a fun I thought it was a source of entertainment you know like Star Wars is this kind of fun fantasy you escape into 
um, this other kind of worldly way of knowing or this other world in a sense, but nothing deeper than that. Like, I didn't think like, wow, this makes me think about society or (laughs) (laughs) so that's, that's how it's evolved, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it's like star Wars probably like, I'm sure some people have like thought and written about this, but like, being like this like gateway drug for lack of a better term into like sci-fi of just like yeah like it's just like a very widely known and accepted kind of thing and i mean like star trek probably similarly and you know it might just be of like what somebody's flavor is because star trek tends more towards like that like you know utopic future or whatever but yeah it sounds like i guess some of those books are kind of like like they're light sci-fi or they're just sort of like predicting or like i don't i guess i'd have to go check them out we'll link to them in the show notes if folks want to check them out but yeah, I guess it's just, it's neat. Yeah, people just thinking about, yeah, these different themes and maybe just like playing them out or, you know, just like writing, um, yeah, these like these fiction stories and stuff. Because, yeah, I, I tend more towards in terms of reading, yeah, similar nonfiction stuff to you just about like life or, you know, some kind of just things that are happening and then like advice and um, kind of life hacks and that kind of stuff. But because, yeah, I just like get all my stories really from like video games and movies and TV. So like I don't really read a lot of, uh, fiction books but um certainly yeah like any of those kind of stories that's always what i love about sci-fi is like the yeah they're like playing off themes and you know lessons and uh those sort of things but uh right yeah yeah it's all really cool stuff and i guess um yeah i mean is there any um others like specific things that you'd like want to recommend in terms of um yeah like what you're reading or watching or listening to just anything that comes to mind of kind of your your diet of uh, entertainment and um, those sort of things. And I guess, um, yeah, like any, like, cause it's always nice need to hear like how these hobbies and these interests sort of like positively contribute to your life. So I guess anything else kind of salient there of like any uh, things you might want to recommend. Yeah. I mean, one, I, I had this realization as you were talking that these two interests, although they are separate, like looking at nonfiction bodies of scholarship around like resilience and thriving, for example, and then reading speculative fiction, for me, they are related because we're thinking about like what it means to in today's conditions that we know as reality, like what can we imagine as possibilities for radical transformation or radical decimation? You know, like what are the span of possibilities Because I think that part of what we're talking about in community right now is if we can practice this and practice and develop this ability to see the vision that we want to create for tomorrow, then it becomes that much more possible to then enact that future, if that Mm. makes sense. So I think that that's something we're talking about. And that relates to um, both a book and a podcast that I'm just super obsessed with. Um, and I know some of my colleagues on campus, we just like totally geek out on um, the podcast, How to Survive the End of the World. Um, and that's with uh, Adrian Ree Brown and Autumn Brown. And then I'm also equally obsessed with the Emergent Strategy book that Adrian Ree Brown uh, wrote uh, recently. And so like... Yesterday, I was listening to their podcast, and sometimes they'll have guests on, and then sometimes it'll just be these two sisters talking to each other, and they are just like the ray of sunshine, uh, laughter, heartbreak, you know, like all of the, all of the emotions that mm. I need in the day. Like they, 
help me ground in those. Um, but yesterday they just, and I feel like people around me are wondering, am I talking to myself? Like, do, am I actually on the phone talking to someone? <laughs> Uh, because I have my headphones on and I'm like, yes. Oh, and I'm laughing and I'm like, oh, that's so real. You're just totally talking to myself. Anyways, so yesterday was one of those days and they were talking about burnout um, in one part of the show. And uh, Adrian Marie Brown said, you know, she she realized that Autumn Brown was going to need a sabbatical um, from all the work that that Autumn has been doing this year. Um, and just needs a break. Um, so they were talking about how it was important for Adrian Marie to see that her sister needed that sabbatical, that time off, because Adrian Marie said, you know, I'm somewhat of a burnout expert, right? Like what I know is that by the time that you're burnt out, you're already crispy. <laughs> and, yeah. and when, when she said that, I was like, Oh my God, of course, like it just clicked. And you know, I did say this out loud and people probably looked at me, but, um, I don't know, like listening to some podcasts gives me these little nuggets of truth that I feel the universe is trying to help me to ground in because it's all around me. Um, so those are connected things that I'm kind of geeking out on right now. I'm listening to that podcast, reading emergent strategy in not a very linear fashion. I will say I'm not, reading that book and you know like chapter one to chapter two <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, i mean and that's like if you i'm just trying to like get yeah, like get through a book and also if it's always on your bookshelf you could like you know go back to it but you're kind of just like going to what's most relevant at any given time like you know i've done that sometimes i'm just like you know uh if i'm realizing something doesn't really uh, seem to be grabbing me or relevant on i mean like jump ahead or something but um yeah, I mean, that's what I love about podcasts. I mean, that there, there's so many of them out there. And I imagine, you know, uh, what I've kind of seen as a trend is that they might be, you know, starting to, like, con consolidate because, it, it, you know, it's going to be tough for, especially if people are, like, trying to make money to be kind of, like, space for everybody. But at the very least, like, this moment that we have now, it's, like, point of views from so many different kind of people. And if you keep a healthy diet of a lot of different shows, you're kind of directly hearing right into your ears, you know especially these where people are very forthcoming about their stories and their struggles and, you know, just advice from their experience, you know, none of us should ever put, you know, all of our stock in one person uh, because I think we've seen a lot lately. It's like human beings are just naturally flawed. So we're going to like dig up something from somebody's past or they're just going to like fumble. And it's like, Oh my gosh, they're not like this perfect, you know uh, you know, icon of, you know, one thing or another. So it's like, yeah, if you kind of take everybody's perspective and you know, nobody's ever going to, um, you know, always have the right answer to every problem or something. But if you hear a lot from different perspectives, you can appreciate different people's experiences and maybe, um, you know, just kind of put something together that kind of uniquely works for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's great. And I think that is like one really good anecdote from those of just like, if you have reached this status of, you know, burnt out, it's like, yeah, like you're done. That's it. Like there's nothing <laughs> left. It's like, you have to catch yourself in the process of burning out and kind of get the fire extinguisher, you know, kind of put out that, uh, you know, whatever, uh, is kind of cooking you there. So, um, that, it, cause it's like sometimes, yeah, it's just those one little thing. Yeah. Like something clicks in the place and it can kind of reshape how you're looking at, you know, whatever you're going through or if something, kind of comes at you it's like you know you can uh kind of deal with it in a perhaps a, a better way but um yeah and i guess um anything else like you know quick like rapid fire maybe that you'd want to uh, recommend i guess like anything that you're reading watching and or listening to 
Yeah. I mean, the Chase Jarvis live show is a podcast I listen to entrepreneurship and creativity. It's the same person that does the creative live um, online learning platform. He's super cool. I listen to um, Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is another podcast. So entrepreneurship is the theme there. And then I listen to like Oprah's Sunday Soul Sessions. I think those are, are super, super soul Sundays. Uh, is I just love hearing Oprah. She's really great. And um, I would say those are kind of my top go-tos. Um, I have a library of a lot of podcasts. I can never decide what to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. Like, that's what I do. Yeah, like I don't like necessarily subscribe to everything that's in my feed, but it might be like, oh, I've been listening to this one in a little while. I like, you know, grab a couple that seem relevant and stuff. Like, but yeah, there's some of the some of the ones in my feed that it's like I'm subscribed every single week, listening to every episode. You know, whether it's just like friends hanging out and chatting, or you know, for me, like higher ed tech focused. Like, I, there's some that I like really um, love listening to and hearing the perspectives on stuff. But. Uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll include all of those uh, as well. But yeah, as we wrap up, I uh, always like to end things on an optimistic note. Uh, what uh, is, you know, something or things uh, that you're looking forward to in your job, life and or the world? Yeah, in my job, I get really geeky and excited about strategic planning, which I see as um, like dreaming and visioning out how we're going to aim our time and energy and resource so I'm really excited to do that that's I just love doing that stuff and I'm a big nerd so that's where I get my joy <laughs> um in my life my spouse and I are coming up on eight years together so that's like a really big deal in awesome. my life yeah. um yeah and we've worked really hard so that's you know we work hard consistently and over the years to like be better humans for ourselves and to each other. So yeah, it, it, that's a big accomplishment and a big, um, source of, of joy, um, is celebrating that eight years. And then I would say in the world, I'm, you know, with this recent election, I'm really excited about all the like trans women of color, the non-binary and immigrant leaders that stepped up for political office and just the ways in which people who, had the privilege of voting, exercised that right to vote and showed up to to do that. So that really gave me optimism um, in a really kind of dark, I think, political time with uh, this administration. So I think that was something that was really important to help me think like, yeah, things could move in the right direction mm -hmm. day soon um, after having many days of not feeling that that was a truth. Um, so yeah, I think those are, the, what are you excited about this? And I, you know, I've been sharing about what I'm excited about, but what about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly, you know, similar stuff, like, um, I mean, for me, I'm coming up on like a two year wedding anniversary with my wife. So it's like always nice, like thinking about those milestones, like personally with, I mean, the person who's like the closest to me and, you know, one of the longer relationships in my life, just like, cause I think. Yeah, I mean, that's like my own stuff. But like, it's like I've moved around a lot, you know, for like college and jobs and stuff. And just like, like, I mean, realizing too, I mean, some friendships that I like really felt in this past year, I was grateful to spend time with, with people. So I think, you know, always just looking forward to the next, you know, time I can get together with people and celebrating anniversaries and milestones and that kind of stuff. And certainly, yeah, like the, uh, a glimmer of hope and optimism with the political climate is it was just really impressive to see like you were saying like all the um 
you know, all the firsts that we're having, like, it's, it's just neat to be able to witness that. Um, but, uh, I mean, on the geeky side, I guess, personally, like a lot of good movies coming up this year, like all the superhero comic book stuff. So I'm definitely uh-huh. looking forward to that. And I mean, I've been able to, um, you know, with my job, which is certainly something that I just continue to look forward to, which is always nice, like, you know, kind of the next thing with the job, like working remotely and have a lot, a lot more flexibility and not having to commute and, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, being able to make space in my life for more of the things that I enjoy, like, you know, my geeky hobbies and time to hang out and travel and, you know, uh, see people and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it, it, it's nice, you know, feeling like heading into this calendar year uh, in a good place and kind of uh, trying to continue the, um, you know, like the self-improvement stuff and different habits that I've been working on. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think certainly I would, I would, yeah, second a lot of the things uh, so, uh, for my own self that you mentioned. But um, yeah, it's always just that, that that work that I try to do of just like, you know, no matter what, just try to be optimistic in general and then always, you know, have something to look forward to, um, you know, more specifically. But so, yeah, I guess like as of the recording of this, I think because uh, I think the movie that I'm looking forward to, obviously, like Captain Marvel is coming out and uh in March. So I'm really looking forward to that and have some trips uh, coming up. Uh, went down to Florida to see my mom. So that's, that's going to be great. So yeah. Cool. yeah. But um, so yeah, I mean, all good stuff. Uh, appreciate you sharing all that you did and recommending some awesome uh, stuff to check out and we'll have it, uh, you know, all the ways that people can uh, find your work and connect with you and um, all that. So um, definitely, uh, you know, connect with Sabby and, um, yeah, I know, uh, like the whole library of your podcast and that, and that planner I saw is like really great too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll have links to all that stuff and yeah, again, just thank you so much for, for hanging out and chatting and, uh, um, yeah, just really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dustin. I know that there's a lot of work that goes into a podcast episode, so <laughs> thanks for putting in, you know, the legwork on this one and just thanks for your consistency with your podcast and trying to have impact in that way. It's really important and I really appreciate it. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connectedupod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.